Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. 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 This is MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents an original podcast series, 50 Years, the voice of NASCAR. Earnhardt is using every inch of racetrack, and Elliott gets together with him, and Earnhardt goes off in the grass. Certainly his style and his ability on the air, the way he painted a picture. Brings the car back onto the speedway and keeps it in a straight line and holds onto the lead. Juan Pablo Montoya's car has blown apart right with the jet blowers that were working to the high side of the banking. That was so weird because I was taking a little break. I had a little snack and I was drinking some water. All of a sudden I heard this boom. Kurt Busch gets the win. And we go to pit road to hear from the crew chief, Tony Gibson. Tony's screaming and hollering and he grabs me by my shoulders with both hands and starts shaking me like I was on fire. That's him screaming. He is a Daytona Beach native. <laughs> He's grabbing and hugging me. Welcome back to MRN Presents 50 Years, the voice of NASCAR. I'm Fred Armstrong. For five decades, the Motor Racing Network broadcast crew have been a fixture at racetracks across this great land of ours. From the rolling hills of Northern California to the sand hills of South Carolina, the crew in blue have bonded with NASCAR Nation. Drivers, teams, officials, and fans. Former MRN anchorman Alan Bestwick remembers the good times and the great people along the way. I've had relationships with countless people in this sport. Too many to count. You know, I can go back to Richard Petty. We did a thing with Richard. Richard's uh, last season driving, he was on his farewell tour, and we sat down and did, sat down and did an entire radio special about it that was all recorded in one of the early big buses that Richard's group had rented for that season for him, sitting next to Pit Road in Pocono on a Saturday. We recorded this whole, I mean, I sat down with Richard with a list of topics and races and questions, and we sat there and we recorded for probably a couple hours of just the King's stories. Richard, Bobby, Donnie, Buddy, all those guys from that generation were always so good to me. The next generation that came along, Dale and Dale, and Rusty. Uh, Jeff, I covered Jeff's career just about its entirety. He was an, a, a major figure in my career. I, I got close to a lot of those guys. Ray Evernham, still a, a dear friend. And uh, I watched Ray when he was racing Modifieds in New Jersey years ago, and, and our careers collided and collided and collided, and, and uh, now we laugh about it. And, um, and I told him he was never going to make it as a race driver, so it was good that, you know, and, and he laughs and, and tells me that if it wasn't, uh, if I hadn't shaved that ugly beard and, and some of that head of hair I used to have, I'd have never made it as a broadcaster either. So many. Many of the bonds built in the sport began at the grassroots level. For RCR Cup rookie Daniel Hemrick, one of the joys of advancement through the ranks is to ascend side-by-side side with your local track announcer. How Ricky actually, believe it or not, is him and him and my wife had done some charity go-kart races together in the past. 
Johnson. And uh, he, coming from the short track world and, and Northern Tour modified stuff, um, I was around him a little bit short track racing. So to kind of see him get his opportunities and, and be so successful now, you know, to be able to cover cup races and me be around him in those early days, uh, seeing him at the racetrack, that, that's a pretty cool little background story for both of us to share. And um, I don't know, man, there's so many legends that have been on, on the, the broadcast and the radio side that have uh, just really changed our sport so anytime you get to meet them and thank them and it's it's crazy to hear their voice and like hey this is the voice that's painted the picture for me so many years that's always cool the motor racing network is a team and like all professional squads much bigger than the individuals themselves for mrn veteran mike bagley it's a sense of purpose it has been an honor and a privilege to be a part of something so important in this day and age of tv there's also a place for radio and to be able to do what we do and be a part of a small group of individuals that is tasked with painting pictures for race fans and creating those mental images of what's going on i truly consider that to be an honor and a privilege to be able to do that it's fun we get to watch racing for a living but when you pull that blue mrn shirt on on a sunday morning and you go in the racetrack there's also some integrity that goes along with that You know, Motor Racing Network now has 50 years of honor and integrity built up within itself. And to be able to call myself a team member for MRN means a lot. I grew up wanting to be a part of the team. Now I am part of the team. We get to have fun. We get to have the opportunity to call races on the radio and connect with fans totally different from any other medium. And the radio medium is important. Mediums come and mediums go. Radio is constant. Radio is a way to connect with a listener that's so unique and beyond the norms these days. You're riding down the road. You're sitting on a lawnmower. You're sitting on a boat. And you turn MRN on and and you hear play-by-play. And as we are describing what's happening, each listener is creating a mental picture in their mind to accurately describe the events of what's happening in front of us to allow that listener that time away from everything to devote that effort to paint that mental picture is something that I love to do. It's been an honor to be able to do it for 27 years. When I grew up, you know, MRN was the cat's meow. It still is, as far as I'm concerned. And to be associated with the likes of, you know, Ken Squire's done it, Jack Root, Barney Hall, Eli Gold, Alan Besswick, Mike Joy, you know, Dave Moody, Joe Moore, Jeff Striegel, Alex, I mean, all these announcers that have come through, that's a small group compared to the number of races that we've done and to be able to be a part of that team and contribute in whatever way I can, I love it. I've always loved MRN. I've devoted half my life to this network and I'm not stopping anytime soon. I love what MRN has done for the sport of NASCAR and what it continues to do for the sport and the fans of it. And I can't wait to get to the next racetrack. We dropped the checker flag on one race. Boys, let's go race. Let's hit the next track. Let's do it all again. With three decades of airtime under his broadcast belt, Dan Hubbard remains humbled at the chance to just be a part of it. You know, every year when it comes to the end of every season, I simply cannot believe that I'm a member of this team, of the Motor Racing Network. I still maintain, since the beginning, I am nothing more than a spectator with a microphone in his hands. You know, I still love the sport. I'm still passionate about it. Um... I don't know that I'm a good broadcaster, but I sure am a big fan of motorsport, stock car racing in particular. 
And as long as they'll have me, I love being around. Former MRN Pit reporter and Fox broadcaster Adam Alexander remains to be in awe of the unparalleled talent attracted by the network over the decades. You know, Joe left, and the next guy in line is Alex. And when Alan left, it was Joe. Jeff Striegel had been in the turns and had kind of been the utility guy for so long. I, you know, Jeff was someone that I thought was always so good because he could play any role. It didn't matter what turn you put him in, if you put him in the booth on a, on a Saturday, Friday afternoon, whatever it was, uh, on pit road, Jeff could handle anything. And I look at now those two guys being the ones that do the anchoring on a Sunday afternoon, and it reminds me of the loyalty that this group has to its announcers. They want to give you an opportunity to grow, and they want to fill vacant seats with their own. And I think that speaks to that loyalty that starts at the top. And that is why so many announcers have stayed around so long, because they feel indebted to MRN, and this is where they want to be. And and I think that Mike doing some of the things that he's done on the TV side, the way that he and Dave have, have taken it serious, I think all of that just helps continue to rebrand MRN Radio to the, the talented backbone that it is. For many of the crew, the dream of working on the air for the Motor Racing Network began in their fan days as they tuned into the voice of NASCAR. For anchorman Jeff Striegel, those early days spent listening lit a fire that led straight to the broadcast booth. It was huge. When I was getting started as a broadcaster locally, I was trying to emulate everything that I was hearing coming from MRN. When I wasn't at Berlin Raceway doing something there, I was dialed in to Motor Racing Network. And I do then what a lot of people do today. I would turn down the TV, I would turn on the Motor Racing Network, and I would listen to Jim Phillips and Joe Moore and Barney Hall and Winston Kelly broadcast, and I loved it. And it just brought auto racing, no matter where they were, right into my backyard. It was huge to me. For third-generation driver and NBC commentator Dale Earnhardt Jr., the Motor Racing Network was a direct connection to his father's on-track exploits back in the days of his youth. You know, every Sunday morning, that was what you were used to uh, hearing was uh, you'd get your heart, you know, die cast out on the floor on the, on the carpet and start racing and uh, listen to Barney Hall tell you how the race was going and how Dad was running. Um, you just, he was, he was just that guy every time and he was always there. He's had such a long career, been such a huge, there's certain guys that come along that really can articulate what's happening on the racetrack and deliver it so well to the, to the audience and he was, he was the best. Second generation stock car pilot Chase Elliott remembers dialing up MRN coverage as well. Yeah, all the time. You know, I feel like always, always enjoyed listening to, to MRN. I feel like I know it's what you guys say, but it is the voice of NASCAR. I mean, like when I'm when I think of listening to races, you know, I just think of a picture that you guys create in someone's head when you're riding down the road listening to the races. I mean, second to none. So it's been, uh, yeah, it's been awesome to grow up around that and, you know, have, have good broadcasters to paint the picture of what's going on here. While Grandpa was at the track fielding cars for the best drivers in NASCAR, young Ty Dillon was back at the ranch glued to the radio. Yeah, that's all I knew, you know, just um, the famous voices. And um, I think you make such an impression on those folks. Uh, I know half the races of my lifetime were listened to going down the road or um, on a radio somehow. And 
the race just came to life in your head. And I, I appreciate all the hard work from the men and women um, at MRN that have made a difference as far as making making races come to life for me as a child that that fire fueled a, a fire and a passion for this sport for me for third generation driver and nbc commentator kyle petty mrn's longevity can be attributed to the simple tried and true formula established by the network's wise founders i, I watch the sport today and i listen to the sport today and it's so stinking technical you know, I don't, I don't give a rat's rear end whether you're running on bump stops. I don't give a rat's rear end what your splitter is, uh, what your spoiler is. It, it makes no difference to me. The show is the cars on the racetrack and the, and the personality of the drivers. And that's what radio always was. That's what it was. They never got into, well, you build a shock this way, and this is what you do, and this is how this works, and this is how air flows around the car. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares how a baseball's made. You know what I mean? They just want to see it thrown and hit. That's what they care about with the baseball. Nobody, and, and I don't know when the sport made that transition over to, oh, we have to be very technical. You know, we, we've got to explain the, the, the telemetry. We've got to explain all I don't care. When I watch a race, I mean, I want to see a race. I want to see two cars. I want to see, like, like this past race at Richmond. I want to see three guys you could throw a blanket over trying to figure out how to get around somebody on the outside, trying to see a driver change his line, trying to see that driver in front block or hold his position, whatever that may be. And that's what radio always described. That's what they described. And that's what they still describe. That's what they still tell. They tell that story. According to veteran sportscaster Mike Joy, Motor Racing Network's seamless sound isn't as easy as it sounds. It is a very difficult transition to go from radio where you have to constantly create word pictures for the listener of what is happening, to going to TV. And I always fall back on my favorite Mark Twain quote, I never learned anything when I was talking. Because in TV, you can so let the picture tell the story. And then you have plenty of time through replays to recap. Radio, you don't have that. Radio is all about immediacy. It's all about what's happening right now. And in radio, I learned I can say more with a pause, trouble, than you can with a swish pan of a camera getting to a wreck in progress. Uh, so they are very different skills. They're very similar in that you have to tell the story. You don't have a long time to tell it. You have to get it completed and button it up. You have to use proper English and speak in complete sentences. But I really think the success of doing radio is very different from the success of doing television. Radio's harder. I don't know if I'd really be good enough to go back and do radio now after 30 years in TV. Former NASCAR president Mike Helton. The television coverage, you have the ability to determine what you see, and then the the broadcasters are complementing that and adding their expertise to it. I've always thought that radio is is like sitting in a dark closet when you can't see a thing, and your senses are directed to what you can use, and your hearing would be one that the radio complemented and the radio broadcast would give you the ability to imagine what it looked like but really pay attention to what was being told. 
The Motor Racing Network experienced explosive growth over the years, a great opportunity for veteran announcer Jason Toy to take advantage and coax a relationship with a local signal. Me and our owner at the time, uh, still our owner, Mike Kurtner, um, we jumped on an airplane, went to Daytona Beach, met with uh, with uh, David Hyatt and Cheryl and everybody else, and we made a pitch to them on why they should be with us. And um, the pitch went great. We picked them up. 20... Well, we just finished our 20th year of broadcasting. So we've had them within our company at Kendrick Communications for 20-plus years now, So, which has been great. It's been a great relationship. Uh, we've changed the station. We went from one station to another, but still a, a very powerful 53,000-watt watt, uh, station that we have it on, and we carry every race that we have. And uh, it's been great for me to be a part of a broadcaster for the Motor Racing Network and also during my day job managing a radio station that we carry MRN on. So it's uh, it's a lot more passion that I think I can be, bring into it and, um, and design our radio station around our Motor Racing Network programming. For Alan Bestwick, the Motor Racing Network was a career maker. MRN made Alan Bestwick a known entity. He stood for something by being associated with MRN. The quality of the broadcasts of the work, by being associated with that, I stood for something. By doing that work and being part of that team, I got opportunities to do these other things, the television shows and the, the commercials and the speaking gigs and the, all these other... I, I got that by being involved with the quality of the broadcast that MRN is and was. It was a magical time. Sport was exploding. We were hanging on having a great time had no idea the rocket ride we were on we were just living it day to day you know i can't overstate and i'm not one to look back much because you know in this in this life and in this business it's always okay what's next i can't overstate my fondness for and my pride in having been part of the team uh, what it meant to me personally what it meant to me professionally uh, how much i still care about the product and you know how all of us old-timers are looking back and wanting to make sure the standard's still being upheld and it's still being done well and done right. I can't overstate how important it was to me in my life and how much I, I treasure it and could never replace that experience for anything. Adam Alexander echoes those sentiments. You know, Joe Moore is someone who had great influence over me in the time that we spent together, and he, did, he and I did a few races in the booth together, and I always just had unbelievable re- respect for Joe's ability to do play-by-play. And, and so I, I learned a lot from Joe and am and proud to have worked alongside him. And, and I also just look at the depth of, of announcers that have come from MRN and currently serve MRN. We've talked about Mike Bagley and, and Dave Moody. Kurt Becker is a tremendously talented broadcaster. Uh, Dan Hubbard is someone who doesn't do it on a weekly basis, but when he shows up, never misses a beat. I mentioned Joe Moore, Barney Hall, Eli Gold, you know, Mike Joy, Alan Bestwick. The list goes on and on. The, the who's who of people who have worked for MRN Radio and to have been able to experience that the way I did and looking where my career has gone, there's just no question. If I hadn't laid the foundation I did with MRN Radio, I wouldn't have had some of the other opportunities I've been given. So, so without a doubt, very proud to have been a part of MRN. MRN pit reporter and NASCAR Hall of Fame executive director Winston Kelly believes that the nexus of the motor racing network is humility. We're not the story. Nobody turns on the radio to listen to Winston Kelly. They're listening to the race, and they don't know whether I'm going to be there or not, and they don't really care. 
And so you're the conduit of information. My three-decade tenure with MRN has taken me on the same wild journey as that of my broadcast colleagues. From the turns to the pits to the booth, and from shore to shore. For all of us, the Motor Racing Network motivates the very best of our work, inspired by those who have come before and raised the bar of excellence. But we couldn't do it without the support of the industry and the best sports fans in the world. So thank you for being a part of our story. I'm Fred Armstrong. Here's to another 50. Richard Petty goes back in front. They both spin. They're in the wall. Petty is sliding, slamming into the wall. He's coming down toward the finish line. Will he make it? He's still moving. The car stops 300, 400 feet shy of the finish line. This program was a presentation of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. And now it appears we may have a fist fight. We see drivers and helmets, safety officials trying to jump in there and separate them as tempers have really flared after this amazing incident on the final lap coming into turn number three. MRN presents 50 Years, the voice of NASCAR, was written and produced by Alexa Henrion. Dale Earnhardt comes to the white flag and the caution flag, and Dale Earnhardt is going to win the Daytona 500 in his 20th try. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak.